Yo, welcome to Stars Podcast, the home of Growth Mindset Moment, where we break down the habits, hacks, and protocols the stars use while relentlessly moving forward to maximize our daily potential. If this is your first time, welcome to the fam. If you're a longtime listener, thank you for stopping back. Our guests range from entrepreneurs, C-suite pros, Web3, NFT, and crypto enthusiasts, jujitsu athletes, fitness instructors, mindset coaches, lawyers, and everything in between. They may seem different on the surface. However, when we start to break down the systems they all live by, we quickly realize we're all not so different after all. I'm your host, Ron Jordan, along with my co-host, Alyssa Jordan, coming out of Rosinante Studios in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. Let's get into the journey. Today we have Emily Faye, a.k.a. Emily Faye Music on Twitter. She's a British singer, songwriter, artist in residence at the Hugs XYZ, and I tell you what, whenever I saw her at Lucas Oil Stadium, I thought that was just like something she did. However, that's not always been the case. She went from writing a five-minute song Friday back in March in 2021 during COVID to playing that exact song that I heard at VCon at Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, which just so happened to be her 30th birthday. So please join me in welcoming Emily Fay to the show. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I wouldn't, uh, <laughs> how could I go to VCon and not at least reach out and say, hey, Emily, what's up? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's totally crazy um, to to see you up on stage doing your thing. And uh, like like you have in your pinned tweet, and I highly suggest anybody, if you're not currently following Emily Faye, uh, please go check it out at the very least over on Twitter. I believe you, I'm sure that you have an Instagram as well, um, but I, I know you from Twitter. Yeah, yeah, Instagram's the same, Emily Faye Music, so it should be easy to find me. But um, yeah, yeah, please follow. Come along on the journey. It's been wild, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, and that's sort of what I want to get into today. And the listeners know that that's where we always go, is we start we, we start at the, where you are now, but obviously that's not where it all just, like, it culminates into that type of situation. So, like, where, where does Emily Faye come from? Uh, where does this origin story begin? Yeah, so um, I come from Northamptonshire in the UK. It's like um, in the middle of England is how I describe it. Um, and I, I've i just been singing since I could speak and singing was like the one thing that I always did. Um, and I it's, it was just kind of my main passion. Um, and songwriting kind of happened kind of um, off the back of one of my music teachers saying, go away and write a song. If you don't, you know, if you don't want to learn all of this um, classical music, go and write a song. So I was like, okay. And then I came back the next week with two songs. And since then, yeah, I've just taught myself Whoa, guitar. whoa, whoa, wait a minute. you just like, <laughs> just like, okay, I don't want to learn the classical stuff. And your teacher's like, okay, smart A, you know, go <laughs> ahead, get, do your own thing. So like, what was that experience like? You were like, fine, I will. Yeah, so he was my piano teacher. So I've been learning piano from the age of seven. And it was always, basically what happened was actually is I used to get so nervous in the exams and I'd be shaking. So so when I did my, you know, like my grades, I'd be shaking so much that I would mess up. And then I'd be really gutted that that my nerves had helped me mess up. And and then I, I got a merit or whatever, but that's what they called it. And, you know, you pass with a merit or a distinction or whatever, a pass merit distinction. And, um, and that mess up had caused me not to do as well as I 
as I wanted to. So then I just found it so stressful doing all of that. And I, I also think in my teenage angst had so much stuff to share, you know, and so I was going through so many different friendships, relationships, and it's just a big time. Like being in your teens, I would not go back there. If somebody paid me, I would not, I'd be like, no, I'm not going back there. Like I did not enjoy teenage years. <laughs> I enjoyed coming out of them. <laughs> um, and writing yeah, about so, them clearly. Well, exactly. And actually that's, I feel like maybe in hindsight, that's the reason because you know, the reason they're like that was to enable me to write about it. So, um, so yeah, I just wrote about these situations. Um, mostly kind of like it was a diary entry mostly about boys really um and yeah I came back and I had two songs kind of prepared and then he um got me in the studio and we recorded them I need to find these recordings because I think it would be hilarious oh um, absolutely <laughs> and what a cool experience like even just your first go around at writing a song and then being able to to take it full tilt and go and produce it and record it and then listen back to it. What an incredible opportunity early in yeah. in the process of being a, a creator. I think that yeah. that's, the, and I'm going to get on a soapbox here just for a second. I mean, we're early on in this. And I'm already a soapbox, but like cutting whenever, whenever you're like in school or whatever, there's always this, this push to, cut costs and it seems like a lot of the times cutting costs means cutting these art programs or extracurricular programs and without that type of funding you would have never had the opportunity to be able to record this song to have that teacher at your disposal and to push you into this situation and I, I just think that that's a really cool opportunity early in the process um, for, for kids in general my goodness oh yeah oh, such yeah. a great 100%. thing yeah, and it, I basically ended up going into the studio with his, um, so he was in a trio, so he played piano and he had a bassist and a drummer. So I went, went into the studio with these professional musicians. Incredible. Um, yeah, and we just all played at the same time. So obviously they like isolated my vocals, set me up, and then I played piano. And then, um, yeah, and then the guys played along with me and it was kind of like a live session. Um, and then I, I also played at his like end of year concert that he did and things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to have somebody kind of believe in you to the point when you're young and vulnerable and just kind of it's all just coming from a place of I'm feeling something and I need to get it out there. It's really cool to have somebody that believes in you enough to let's let's record these. These are awesome, Emily. Like this is wicked, you know, and then and then perform. Let's perform them like use my guys, you know, these professionals would love to play with you. And I'm like, what? And obviously, when you're a kid, you don't know that people are probably getting paid for all of this. But um, but it was a very, very cool moment for me. And it's something, yeah, that obviously I've never forgotten in it. I guess it was kind of something that made me kind of think, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I'm okay at this. You know, maybe there's there's something in this. Maybe I just need to keep going and write some more songs and teach myself guitar, you know, so that I can, you know, take my instrument with me wherever I go. And it's easy rather than obviously being stuck to the piano, which is super heavy to carry around. <laughs> yeah, you can't exactly um, strap one of those um, as a carry-on, for sure. Exactly, yeah. How many instruments do you play? Um, I just play at the moment piano and guitar, a bit of ukulele. Um, yeah, those are kind of my main instruments, but the main passion is 100% writing the songs, 100%. You know, a lot of the time when I'm recording, um, 
for for the ease of time I will get my friend who's been playing guitar for 20 years you know to come and do the guitar because first of all he's quicker and second of all he might come up with something completely different because he's been playing for 20 years and you know I'm I'm at a certain level and he's like you know the 10,000 hours level do you know what I mean so absolutely it's yeah, always I'm good to have a collaboration of- in in general i i think that yeah. trying to do a one-man band or one lady band is like i don't know it's great if you can do it but there's also a situation where it's like the point of diminishing returns can we can we like we could probably make this better if i have the best yeah. of both both of those so no that's super cool i appreciate that that sentiment as as well so from that early career start like where do you go from there are you doing talent shows in school are you like what how does uh, are you in a band in high school what's what's going on oh man I wish I was a band in a band in high school no I um I was kind of wheeled out for the open evenings at my school um to perform um and then I also did like a talent show which I so my boyfriend at the time he played drums so I played piano and sang and and he played drums with me and we won the talent show um and then yeah I just kind of I got asked to be in a band by some some guys in my village so I sang in their band for a bit of kind of like old folk songs and I was also in the swing band at school I just kind of was like wrapped into everything that I could be you know um and it was all amazing experience, all amazing experience. And then I started to kind of be like, actually, this is what I want to write or this is what I want to do. And then it came to like leaving school and I, I kind of was like, there's nothing else I want to do apart from music. So my dad, he actually met somebody whose um, kid had gone to something called Vocal Tech in London. So he got the brochure and and we had a look at it and then we set up an audition and then I went and did the audition. And then I got in and then yeah there was no looking back after that it was it was time to go to London so I mean that that institution has now been taken over by a company called BIM B-I-M-M the British and Irish Institute of Modern Music and they they popped up kind of all over the place like in terms of like in Europe so there's Berlin there's London Bristol Birmingham you know all of the kind of the big cities and um yeah and it was an amazing experience and everyone I met there is still in my band today and I met my fiance there and yeah it was just it was an incredible experience to learn about music how cool that is that's absolutely incredible I I love that a that it's still around so you can you do you go back ever so I've been invited to go and do some um songwriting kind of I bet classes yeah but I, but I've been like wait till I've like got a massive cut so I have more legs to stand on almost because mm-hmm. if it's all these like Gen Z kids they'll be like who are you what have you done you know what I mean <laughs> so I was like okay wait till I've got like a couple of cuts that are in the pipeline hopefully and then I'll come in and do it when I you know when I uh-huh. can say oh I've I've written this song for so-and-so you know um which is yeah, something it's... that I I never knew about I always thought that and this was up until literally maybe five, six years ago. I thought every singer wrote their own songs. I oh, just gosh, thought that no. that's yeah, I, that's but, yeah. that's very rare actually that a singer actually writes their own songs. I had no idea. That's how yeah. that's how out of touch I am. Well, was was now I, <laughs> now I know because I went to a writers roundtable and this oh, was wow. in Nashville, Tennessee, at yeah. the Johnny Cash Museum, and. Amazing. 
the company that I was working with, they rented out the place and they brought a, um, a, a round table of songwriters in. And they were talking about all of the hit songs that all of these country artists were singing and they all wrote. And nobody knows who they are. And I'm like, what? This is crazy to me. I mean, we're talking the who's who of songwriters. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, I went to Nashville a few years back to record an EP out there and obviously got some writing sessions in. And uh, it was just an incredible experience. And even now, you know, when um, there's a there's a festival called C to C that comes to the UK every March and there's a songwriters night where these writers from Nashville, they come and they play a writers round and each one takes in turns to tell the story and speak about the song. And, and oh, that is song. cool. And honestly, it's next level. Like that's my favorite night of the entire festival, just because you're sitting there with these people and you're like, oh my goodness, they wrote this or, you know, and it's just so cool to hear, firstly to hear the song in the rawest form as it was kind of conceived in the room, right? And also to hear the story of its conception and then to hear the song and, you know, and then relate it back to like, oh my gosh, yeah, I love that artist who cut it, you know? It's just, it's really cool. It's such a good night. That's my favorite night of the entire festival. Um, and yeah, yeah, Nashville, oh man, Nashville writers are like the best of the best. Like <laughs> the TV show is, is why I kind of got into country music because the writers on that TV show, the songs in that TV show are incredible. And I was like, I want to write songs like this, like three chords and the truth, you know, <laughs> really clever. Also really clever. What is your writing process? Do you have a process that you go into? Is there a place that you go or is there like, what does that look like for you? Um, so for me, I like to have kind of a clear idea of what I'm going to write about. So I like to have a line or a, like a punchline or a subject that I want to write about. Um, and then I just kind of build the song from there. So if I'm on my own, I'll have that subject idea. And then I'll just kind of like write the lyrics, write the lyrics and the music together at the same kind of time. If I'm in a room with other people, we'll kind of bounce loads of different ideas off each other and be like, what are we feeling today? Do we fancy writing something happy, something sad? Like, let's check our ideas lists on our phone and see what we can, you know, put out there and see if any, any of them take off. And, um, I love doing that because when there's other people in the room, you bounce off each other, you know, and you just come up with such cool stuff because you're in the room with them or they're in the room with you at that at that precise moment, magic happens because you're both feeling X or you're both feeling Y. And, um, or they found an idea on their phone, which is absolutely perfect for what you were thinking to write about today, you know? So that's kind of the process for me. It's kind of thinking of what I want to say and then writing the lyrics and the melody and and the chords and stuff as I go with with each other you know some people do lyrics first some people do melody first some people do the um chords first I kind of like to do everything kind of together <laughs> yeah feeling it in the moment seems to be your uh your cup of tea for sure yeah and I like how you have a specific subject premise punchline that you'd like to get across and um I always talk about using guide rails whenever I talk about mostly anything. Um, mm -hmm. And that seems to be a really common theme for creatives in general is that feeling could be the, the chords that you're playing. So the, mm -hmm. the absolute feeling of, of those chords, it could be, and it's so crazy to me. If you watch a movie without music, like if you watched a yeah. movie without music, 
and the soundtrack, it would be, it would be so dull. And yeah. then you add the soundtrack to it and how the how music can change the entire scene. I've seen videos where they they'll play they'll play just different chords to a specific um a scene and it changes my entire perspective of that scene immediately. Um yeah. it, it's it's just crazy to me how sound changes us and how it oh can is there like is there anything to that i'm just kind of spitballing from my own personal curiosity here is there like whenever you're whenever you're at uh, at vocal tech is is that something that you talk about or learn about is are these scores that you can write for to evoke some sort of evoke specific emotionality out of people yeah so i mean in terms of like chord progressions we learnt, okay, this conveys happiness, this conveys sadness, what does this convey for you? Um, and we also learnt about how this thing called prosody, which is where the kind of visual and the music go along together and make you feel something. So, for example, let's just take, there's like a, a scene in Love Actually where Emma Thompson, amazing act, amazing actor, is like crying because Alan Rickman's, you know, given someone else's gold necklace right and you're feeling so much emotion because of the music and that's called that matching up I believe is called prosody and I just remember somebody the teacher kind of saying right think of a scene and write something about that scene and we'll see if it matches up and that was a really cool exercise sometimes I kind of do that now and I'm like oh but what you know if I'm really stuck for a subject I'm like I really don't know what to write about um I'll think of a scene in a movie and try and write something that could work for that scene. Um, and I just think, yeah, so it's really cool. Music is so powerful, you know. This is why we have it at weddings and funerals and in films. And it's such a shame that it's the first thing to go on the curriculum when it literally rules our life, right? You know? Well, Every it's a universal thing. language too. Yeah. You yeah. don't have Every to single thing. you don't have to speak a certain language to feel the music. And that's something that yeah. is is like it's wild to me. It's just so wild because yeah. it's just noise. Yeah. It's noise it's so... in a certain way that we as a being feel as a result yeah. of those vibrations. How wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? It is incredible. It's just unreal. Like when you really nerd out about it, you're like, what? How does yeah. that even work? But it works. Yeah. It works so good. And you can, and like I said, you can evoke certain emotions from people as a result of it. And um, I just think that that's a, it's a, such a powerful tool to use and to be a professional in this space and to be able to use those tools um, is is something of... of uh, I think it's great renown. I, I really do. Mm. I think that it's really cool for, for a professional to be able to do it as you do it. Um, but kind of moving through this progression here, um, as you as you leave school and you, you sort of say, okay, I've sampled all of these genres and now I, I'm picking my path. Mm -hmm. You pick a path, you ride that horse. How do you stay on that path to, to yeah. like... How do you how do you go through the the genre and just pick something and just keep steady with it? Yeah, so I mean, so I was kind of writing kind of folky songs, 
And I worked with um, one of my teachers, actually. He was also a producer and he wrote he wrote songs for like S Club 7 back in the day and things. Like some of my favourite songs he'd actually written and I was like, what? And um, so I actually recorded an EP with him and that was very much like folk, folky kind of poppy vibe. And then through doing, so I changed from, from just studying vocals for one year, I changed to do a songwriting degree. So it was all about the songwriting. And it was getting into the nitty gritty of like, which chords make people feel this? Which chords make, make people feel this? Um, how can we make our songs better? What techniques within a song makes you want to listen to it again? For example, we talked about this, this thing called um, adding spikes in the melody, you know, so, oh, you want to add a couple of spikes in the, in the verse to, to hook people in. And then in the chorus, you want to do like a big spike, go up, lift up for the chorus, you know, and obviously this is like a typical commercial way of writing because that's kind of the the ballpark he was going for. And, you know, I learned so much about that. And I'd all this time I'd just thought, oh, I'm just a folk artist. And then I started watching the TV show Nashville and I was working with my, my roommate, who's an amazing guitarist, also studying at my uni. And he was coming up with these epic riffs. And I was like, I love these. Let's write some songs. So he was coming up with these riffs. And I just was writing lyrics and melodies to his riffs. And it just became kind of country. And he was like, why don't you go country? And I was like, yeah, OK. So then I just kind of, <laughs> I just kind of, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I, I was kind of learning, you know, about writing and about Nashville and everything that the great some of the greatest songwriters in the world you know are there and I just kind of naturally went along kind of with that and felt like oh yeah this feels this feels good for me um now I mean I'm at a position where I where I don't want to be put in a box and I think now there are so many different genres within the country genre and you can really make it whatever you want it to be um I very much want my songs to still be the writing the lyrics lyrically country um because I just think some of the country songs out there are the best stories you know I want to tell stories and I want to make people feel something and I think now I'm kind of experimenting a little bit like oh maybe I'll just do a bit more pop you know let's see let's give it a go maybe a bit rocky let's give it a go and yeah I'm just really excited to experiment because you don't have to be in a box you can do whatever you want really you know the recipe for a great song is is still kind of there but then also it's not not these days you know loads of different music becomes big now um so I don't know if the recipe is quite as it used to be I think it's forever changing yeah it seems like it is always evolving and in commercial writing everything's yeah. what that turns out of commercial writing it all sounds very similar um and like you said you can just follow a a recipe yeah. plug and play this is how it is go go for it um not much uh creativity in that other than the writing piece of it and i'm curious too do you do any other writing other than songs do you write books do you write poems um anything of, of that nature or is it just strictly the the songwriting it's mostly songwriting, to be honest. I used to write some poetry and things, but I feel like I've always felt like I'm not amazing at English. Like, ironically, I'm not like amazing at, at English, right? In okay. terms of 
in terms of creative writing. And I've always thought I need to do a creative writing course. I wanna go do a course and see if that accelerates my songwriting in a way. And I mean, I've got all these books. Um, I've got some amazing books that encourage you to do that every day. So once a day, 10 minutes a day, you pick an object and you write about it. And you think about the what, the why, the how, the who, and ha and the, the feel, you know, your senses. So like see, touch, feel, you know, smell, hear. Um, and that's really cool. And I always think I really should do some creative writing um, course or something like that. But um, but no, I don't. I write down. I suppose I do like on my Instagram sometimes if I'm like feeling something. I'll kind of write this kind of speech and put a video to it. Um, but that's as far as I go outside of songs at the moment. But it is definitely something that I really wanted to do. Yeah, it'd be funny if course. you just like went completely you started writing speeches or something as <laughs> as if you were writing it for somebody to to speak and yeah. just like have fun with it like if yeah. you wrote a speech for i don't know some superhero mm -hmm. and then created a scene yeah. for that <laughs> for that superhero to like say i don't know it's just that would be so cool i mean like i appreciate like in films and tv series that i watch you know like um, this is us the tv show the writing in oh, that yeah. is outstanding and I it's you know it's always something I notice like oh that was such a good line you know the writing in this is us the things that they they say is just oh it's just incredible and it's definitely something I noticed but it's never something I've tried you know so maybe I should maybe I will <laughs> I think that would be so cool I always think about it too because I, I like to write myself and something that I always I always consider while watching something is how they develop the character mm -hmm. how yeah. like how does the writing evoke emotionality in me to connect me to that character yeah. and yeah. why am I connected to some characters and not others like these are the things going through my head as I'm watching a show it's terrible to watch a show with me because like <laughs> I just I'm like so in my head about probably too much honestly but regardless i'm i'm thinking about those things quite often just because i like writing i like telling stories i like being able to get a message across and in a really subtle way when a message can get across and you don't even know it that's yeah. something that i'm like damn that was slick Mm -hmm. that was slick like you just you were just reading this book to your kid and it, it was in the book and now yeah. like wow that was that was yeah. smooth that was smooth I like that type of stuff but yeah I digress yeah, <laughs> all right so next TikTok that you were putting out you're putting out um speeches about superheroes or something in a scene. <laughs> I like it yeah it's perfect we just we did it here oh my dead dead camera <laughs> <laughs> Um, so no, in all seriousness though, whenever you are, you know, you're, you're writing all of these things, all of the songs, you are really progressing pretty rapidly. In my opinion, I saw you at NFT NYC, um, and you were getting into web three. Like, what are you doing in web three? Has that been a natural progression for you? Um, what, what is it, What's that transition been like for you? Yeah. So well, my first experience of Web3 was my fiance painting art during COVID 
he was doing all these paintings in my garden outside during COVID. And then my experience was, was he was really busy with his art and then he was sold out all these pieces because of Mark Cuban. And then I was like, what? Like, what's going on? And then my experience was kind of, I don't see much of him now because he's quite busy on this art thing. Yeah. Um, and then my experience was Emily. Well, he basically said, Emily, this could be the future of the music industry. And if it is, you need to be paving the way. And I was like, whoa, okay. Yes. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I don't want to miss it if it's the future of something, something new. And yeah, I want to be a part of that. So yeah, so he was kind of really keen for me to start kind of dipping my toe in the Web3 waters. And I, I think at first I was quite resistant because I didn't fully understand I didn't fully understand the extent of the opportunity that's available until it started to happen to me. And yes, I'd seen what had happened to to Jay through his art and and through the Mark Cuban situation where he tweeted about his art and it, you know, it sold out and things. Um, and he kind of, it was like this battle. It was like, I think as well, when something like that comes from somebody who's close to you, it's sometimes harder to listen. And Jay will say this to me all the time. He'll be like, well, I told you to do that three, you know, three weeks ago, but because so-and-so's told you, you're listening to them. And he gets so cross with me and I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I have started listening to him a bit more now um, and appreciating his knowledge as well of the Web3 space is incredible. Like being able to learn from him and to be a part of the Hugs community, which we we were on releasing our first NFT project together. Um, it's just been really cool. It's been really good. And yeah, we, we worked with them on their incubator program. And, you know, that was like studying maybe like four times a week, we'd have lessons on zoom. And I'd attend all of them. And Jay, he'd be teaching. So sometimes he'd be able to come sometimes he wouldn't, but really, they were more for my kind of benefit, I think, because I was really kind of nervous about about the Web3 space and because I didn't understand it. And I think that's very common with a lot of musicians. Um, and yeah, so so the Hugs team helped me kind of dive in and delve into our project and what we wanted to achieve and what our project was about and what we want to say and basically helped us really think of it from a business perspective and how we can be a change within the Web3 space. So yeah, that was an incredible, incredible experience. And I'm just so grateful to the entire team for championing championing us and championing me. They have done for, for a long time now and it's it's been amazing. It was so good to meet them in person at NFT NYC because we've only ever chatted on Zoom. So I like to get those hugs in in, you know, it's great. And they had a um, uh, they had a gallery, so yeah. right? Yes. Yeah, and Jay's art was in the gallery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It yeah, that's what I cool. thought. We love the hugs team over here too. Um, yeah. big fans and I was so gutted whenever I wasn't able to make it to that gallery it just overlapped with another thing and I was like Argh. yeah you know just like <laughs> everything at NFT NYC everything's like scattered throughout the damn city and you're like well that's yeah. a cab ride out to Brooklyn again I'm like <laughs> yeah. I just can't do it again that's why yeah. I, I, I like it whenever these conferences are in one place pack yeah. me in like sardines I don't care just keep it in mm -hmm. one place. All the satellite events, like, please, please. Yeah. yeah. I love I love troops in around cities, but, like, if I can't scooter around like we did in Indianapolis, I'm not into it. I'm just I'm just yeah. not into it. But um, 
But anyhow, let's go back to NFT NYC because you also had a really cool opportunity there with uh, with Gala Music, yes? Mm, yeah, yep. And with the NFT NYC proper team also. Yeah, yeah. So um, we spoke at NFT London and then we reapplied to speak at NFT NYC. And um, yeah, we, we got to speak again on the same subject of um, songwriting within NFTs. And yeah, that week was amazing. We just met. It was so nice to meet everybody who we knew virtually in real life and the the events, um, the satellite events were incredible as well. We just had the best time, the absolute best time. I, I when we flew over, I actually like day two got it, like I just felt really ill and my voice went really hoarse and I think maybe the aircon on the plane had dried it out or something and I was just not feeling great at all. Um, it wasn't COVID or anything like that, got all checked, but it was just like this really hoarseness in my voice. So I was kind of like, I knew about this gala audition because um, this open mic because we saw it on Gary V's Twitter um, well Jay did and he was like we should go to that so I was like okay cool and then I was just feeling worse and worse because obviously and at these NFT conferences you are networking right you are there to network yep, you You're just chatting, keep chatting, talking chatting. <laughs> yeah exactly so I played I played in the artist village um, and it all was it was fine I had a few guitar issues but someone lent me a guitar legend um, but yeah so so I played and actually I was kind of like, oh, okay, my voice still, you know, I can get away with it. I can, I can still commit to doing these things. And then um, I played at one of the um, satellite events as well, the Wunks event, which was really fun. Um, and then, yeah, and then Gala Music was happening on the Saturday. So we had another event to attend that day. So we went along to that event and then it got to like three o'clock and we were like, we still got time to go to Brooklyn. Should we just head down there? The, the open mic's happening until like five, I think it was, or six. And um, I messaged, I saw that Gala were kind of tweeting and I messaged Taco, who is amazing. He's great. He's one of kind of the Gala, Gala team. And um, it said on the thing, you know, New York artists come down. So I just kind of sent him a message. and I was like, is it okay if you're English? Like, is it okay for me to come down even though I'm not from New York? Like, you know, I think sometimes what I do is I put up these obstacles you know, um, that I feel I need to kind of get through to actually go. So it's kind of like these excuses or something. Like self-sabotage, like little self-sabotages. 100%, yeah. yeah. And Jay was like, of course you can go. And I was like, well, I'll just check. <laughs> <laughs> so I checked and he was like, yeah, come on down, come down. Of course we have English people, anybody can come. And I was like, oh, okay, amazing. So I was like, right, I really have to go now. Anyway, turn up at this record, record shop in um, Brooklyn, and I walk in, they give me a number, which I've still got. I've still got my number and it's about four o'clock-ish. And um, yeah, I, I get put this number on my, you know, on my dress and it's really, really warm, right? It's an unusual like heat wave and I'm sweating. Um, and I, I kind of walk through and there's like a film crew, sound crew, a guitar tech, like a guy who's in charge of all the instruments. Um, and I was just this like, this is the real oh deal. God. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was not expecting this. I was expecting a, some sort of dingy open mic where there's an audience and nobody's really listening. And I was like, I was not expecting this. This is, yeah, this is a big deal. Anyway, so past Emily would have been like freaking out. But this Emily, I think maybe because I was trying to concentrate on making sure my voice was okay because I'd felt ill all week, you know, and been chatting, chatting, chatting. Um, 
this Emily was just like, okay, cool. I'm going to get up there and, and play the PlayStation song. So, and that's the one that I'd kind of, you had to apply online as well to say that you were going to go and I'd put that song in. So I was like, I have to do that one. Anyway, then, yeah, then Gabe, the guitar tech, he gave me the guitar and he was like, how do you want it tuned? And I was like, well, do you have a capo? Which is like a thing that changes the key, right? And um, he was like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I usually use a capo, but let's just tune it to the to the key that I'm playing it in. So we did that, all sorted, amazing guitar, like beautiful guitar. Um, and they were like, we want you to walk on, walk off, do all of this. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I did that and they were like, introduce yourself and play your song. I was like, great, okay, cool. So then I just played the song and then walked off the stage again. And then they were like, can you do another one? <laughs> and I was like, what? I thought I was only supposed to do one. Okay, this song this song I usually play in a completely different key to this, but I'll just give it a go. So then I played another song and then, yeah, and then that was the end. And um, I gave everything back and just kind of hung out with some of the other acts and um, chatted to the Gala family and, yeah and, and Jay and I were just kind of chatting to everyone and then we left and we were like what was that and they were like they just kind of were like yeah you're here soon you know be in touch and at this point I knew there was an opportunity to win a bronze contract but I didn't know what that meant and I had no idea no idea there was an opportunity to play at VCon so yeah we just kind of we just kind of went home to the people we were staying with and we took them out for dinner because they'd let kindly let us stay um for the week with them and we were like this crazy thing just happened and it felt like it might be a big deal like something might come of it and then I flew home and oh no I flew to North Carolina for a little bit of time with some friends um by the lake and then flew home and then literally the next day got told that I was in the top five and it's going to voting so then Jay was like hustling like getting everyone to vote for me and I you know I messaged a few people but I, I was kind of very much like oh I don't want to bother people honestly what's wrong with me past Emily um so he yeah he was hustling with the votes and and then I he was like come on message a few more people so I did and I was just like if you have the time please vote for me <laughs> Um, it was nice because you were the first one on the list too. Oh, that's very handy. <laughs> I, I was like, because I whenever I was I was voting, I messaged Jay and I was like, "Hey, definitely help. She's first on the list. That's easy to find." So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, yeah, so this vote was happening, and then the voting closed and then I basically got this message from Taco saying like are you still awake because it was about half 11 English time and I was like oh gosh yes I am I'll get on the call with you now no worries got on and he was like Emily he's like one second I need to record this and I was just like I was just you know like wearing my dad's shirt like super chill at home <laughs> super jet lagged like really exhausted <laughs> and he was like um Emily uh I'm just letting you know that you've won and I was like what yeah, and uh, I was just kind of like, I was so shocked. I was like, what? You know, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, And I was like, he was like, you're going to play VCon and you've got the bronze contract. And I was just like, what? And then, um, yeah. And then he was like, I'll, I'll you, you know, we'll have another meeting tomorrow. So, so yeah. So I went to bed. I obviously couldn't sleep for a long time. Um, 
and then they announced it the following day and and then from then on it was like we need to get your flights booked we need we've booked your hotels we've we're flying you out you're going to be playing on your 30th birthday um you're going to play the main stage you're also going to record in our little pop-up recording booth um you're going to be basically an ambassador for gala so you're going to be representing the company and i was just like what is happening <laughs> um so yeah, and then then we booked Jay's flights as well so he could come because obviously he was like, I'm not missing that. So I I asked them, I was like, you know, is it possible to get Jay in as well? Because, you know, it'd be really great for him to come. And he's been kind of acting as my manager, which is very true. Honestly, the things that have happened since he's been my manager have been ridiculous. <laughs> um, sometimes it just takes somebody else saying something, you know, rather than the artist themselves, um, which is a real shame, but fair enough, you know. Um, and yeah, and then... Yeah, a week later, I think it was a week later or 10 days later, we flew to Indianapolis. Yeah, it was just wild. So when you wild. get into Indianapolis, I saw on your, I believe it was on your Instagram, you guys walk into Lucas Oil Stadium and Jay introduces like, this is where, this is where you're playing. And yeah. you walk in and it's, it's massive. I mean, it's yeah. Lucas Oil Stadium. It's massive. And yeah. uh, like, what was that like? to walk in there the first time and to see what you've just accomplished? It was kind of like, I, I don't know, I was kind of like, what? Yeah, it, when I walked into the stadium and he was kind of like, this is where you're playing, I was just like, like, amazing. How cool, like, and how cool for it to be on my 30th birthday as well, which is like a lot of the time before you know it's it's only cool to be in your 20s as a musician and I was like before before that experience I was freaking out about turning 30 because I was like oh people are going to start writing me off because I'm 30 and then I was like hell no I'm going to prove them wrong because you don't get written off when you're 30 it's a load of rubbish I'm playing the best gig I've ever played when I'm 30 you know if that's not a sign I don't know what is so um seeing the stadium for the first time was bonkers absolutely bonkers um and I was very conscious that I was like oh my goodness I need to practice on the guitar that I'm borrowing for this gig <laughs> so um bless him Gabe from the gala team he was like running up the stairs to bring me this guitar to borrow to take back to the hotel to then bring back the the following morning so I could have a little practice and I did that for quite a few nights um but yeah it was a very very cool moment seeing that stadium for the first time and then seeing the stage as well you know around the other side and the slide, the slide down into the stadium was so good. <laughs> Love that. Um, it was definitely yeah. a nice touch to get down into there. It was so cool. Oh my gosh, right? Stairs well, or slide. And I'll tell you what, Gala really does it well. I, I really wasn't familiar too much with who Gala Music was, um, mm -hmm. what they did or anything like that. But their, their pop-up recording studio was incredible. You were able right. to put the headphones on and hear what was going on inside of that soundproof room. And just kind of jam out and it was it was like this silent concert mm -hmm. yeah it was like a silent disco but with yeah but with live musicians in the yeah in the booth yeah it was really really cool i mean i hung out pretty much like the whole day there on the saturday mm -hmm. um because yeah shocky was doing a session and i just absolutely loved him like he's absolutely brilliant and then jordan sparks she also did like a podcast recording vibe kind of speaking to us all about her process and stuff which was very very interesting like to hear behind the scenes of that um and 
yeah, it was really, really cool. And the people that came out to support, you know, us doing the the stuff in there was really, really cool as well. And there's such a nice, like the Gala family is such a nice bunch of people, both the people who work there and the people who are in the Discord and stuff. Everyone is just so kind and lovely and supportive. And um, I just, yeah, I couldn't really think of a better kind of situation to be in for, for me. It's exactly... It's exactly what I needed because I have been doing this for so long and I think every creative has those weeks or days where they're like what am I doing you know I I can't I can't do this I can't do that I can't get a house like all my friends are or whatever because you know Covid obviously didn't really help with that in terms of getting a mortgage um but yeah it's you know this this is really hard this is this is hard to make money from this nowadays with streaming and everything and there's so many people trying to do it and I just used to get so bummed out all the time and, and Jay would be like Emily he's like what if you give up and then it was just there and that's the only thing that's kind of made me keep going apart from that it's my main passion yes. but what if that thing is just around the corner what if that person you need to meet is like you're meeting them on Friday but you just don't know it and that was one thing that always kept me going, even when I had five different jobs and was doing music at the same time. You know, now I do music full time, which is awesome um, and have been for the past year. But with COVID and obviously before that, it was just, yeah, just I think the music industry is feeling the effects of COVID now. You know, now is, is when you're feeling it even more. So, yeah. So for something crazy like that to happen was just perfect timing. <laughs> um, and it actually being on that stage on that Saturday, I kind of had this moment, which I've never had before, where I stood there with my guitar and I was saying to all the guys backstage, like the raging casuals and shocky, I was like quoting them, my, my, one of the lines from my song, I was like, rule number one is just have fun. Like, let's just have fun on the stage when we're out there, because that's what this is about. This is at the end of the day, doing what you love is meant to be fun. So I just kept saying this line to them. Then I got on the stage and I, I mean, it really massively helped that everything was streamlined and done for me. You know, the sound guys were amazing. Gabe, the guitar tech, was incredible. He tuned my guitar like seven times before we went on and plugged me in everything. You know, I didn't have a thing to worry about apart from that performance. So, yeah, I walked out onto that stage and I was just like, oh, my goodness. And I had this kind of feeling like come over me where I was just like, gosh, I deserve this. I deserve to be here. And I've worked so hard for this and I'm going to enjoy every second. And I've never had that I deserve to be here feeling. I've always felt more like I'm an imposter or I'm not good enough, you know. And one of my friends said to me, like, how can all of that stuff be going through your head whilst you're singing? And I was like, oh, my goodness, if you could, like, listen to all the <laughs> stuff going in my head, going on in my head whilst I'm singing, you know, like, Oh, does that person like it? I'm not sure they do. What's that face they're pulling? Oh, oh, did that bit sound okay? You know, whilst I'm singing. And um, it was really cool to have that moment where I just was kind of like, I've worked so hard for this and I'm really grateful to be here and I'm going to enjoy every second. Isn't that something yeah. though, whenever you do put in the work and then you finally you have that feeling, you know, you don't have the imposter syndrome anymore because you know all the work that you've put in and everything that you've overcome to achieve this thing. Um, and that's why all of these things take time. And I'm glad that you brought up the point. What if this thing is just right around the corner? 
What if this, what if that one person is going to listen to this song and that changes the course of my life forever? Um, you, and I heard it a long time ago and it was about just creating in general and you never know who's listening. You just never know. You never know who's in the audience. You never know yep. who's on your podcast. You never, you just don't know. It could be, it could be this person from Gala Music that's listening to you and you have no idea they're in the back and they're like, I need to get in touch with her. You know, you just, you never, ever know. And it could be around the corner. It could be 10 years from now. But good things take time. And for you to finally have the culmination and say, you know what? On your 30th birthday, people typically would just write you off and, you know, your old hat now. And you're playing on an amazing stage in in an emerging market, in an emerging way of creating music and you say, I deserve this. And I, I just love that piece of it. It just, that's, that's the part to me that really puts a, uh, just puts the tack in it. And you can just put that up on, on your wall now and say, hey, this is, this is it. You know, I'm here. I believe in myself. I deserve this. And uh, so what, I want to dig in a little bit more on Web3 and if, if you're open to it. Because yeah. I've said this for a really long time about Web3, and I actually said it about recipes for restaurants, but I think it holds true for songwriters and their words. Um, but why do you think blockchain is such an important aspect to a musician? Or a tool to a musician, should I say? Yeah, I think first and foremost, for me, the security aspect of the blockchain is really valuable to songwriters because like anything you release on the blockchain it's there with that you know code that blockchain forever right forever and nobody can manipulate or change that it's there forever in that form and i think that's really important in terms of if you know in terms of piracy um and people you know like that whole kind of era we went through when mp3s were like all the rage on itunes and and there was like pirate bay and all these like other um things that were kind of copying music and kind of essentially stopping those artists from getting the money they deserve from that music i think blockchain is the is the future to prevent that and that for me is awesome nobody can copy your art you know, and everyone says to me about Jay's art, oh, but can't I just like take a screenshot of the dig- of the NFT and then I've got it. And I was like, you don't get, you don't have it because you don't have it on the blockchain. It's not in the deed, you know, and I'm trying to explain, think of a deed to the house. That's mm-hmm. what you need to own that piece of art. A screenshot, if you're happy with the screenshot, okay, but it's not truly yours, is it? Because it's a screenshot, yeah. you know, and, and trying like to, to explain that. I like to explain it like this is there's a there's a Mona Lisa in a museum and you could take a picture of the Mona Lisa but if you want to sell that picture of the Mona Lisa to the museum they're going to give you zero dollars for it but if I sell them the original Mona Lisa they're going to give me millions of dollars for it Mm -hmm. does that make sense that's a really good analogy yeah yeah that's really good and they're like yeah that makes sense I said that's what NFTs are same thing yeah that's really yeah that's really really good (laughs) i love that argument though so yeah honestly that's the first thing everybody says and i'm just like and and i'm also 
I'm very patient with it as well because I I still don't know as much as Jay knows. You know, I still ask sure. him questions and I'm like, what does this mean? You know, what what's this? And I still very much feel very new to the space because I've only really been in it since, you know, I'm probably just coming up to a year and a half or something. So I'm still very, very new, whereas he's been in it like, since 2020 you know he's been in three years yeah but you understand you understand origin and that's really Mm. what it comes back to is figuring out origin because that's always the issue with really any creative piece of art piece of whatever collectible whatever you want to call it the the origin matters and i think news sources will be on blockchain as well just because of origin you're going to have to be able to prove your sources and blockchain is one of those things so i think even when you talk about um, like the songs themselves and releasing them on the blockchain, I think that that gives you an ability to prove origin. So if any media player wants to play it, they have to go through this contract and then you have to check that contract through the blockchain. And that's the only way that you can prove origin. Um, so it yeah. gets rid of piracy completely. Yes, people can still press record on their on their phone and they can record your song as they're playing it and create their own mixtape or whatever but they don't own the song and all of those things so mm-hmm. how do you see blockchain adding to the toolkit for artists in that way like what do you look at for like for yourself in the next six months to a year how do you think it's helping you other than proving origin or is that because listen proving origin is good enough but i'm just curious like where your head's at with this yeah i mean i think the first i think the other two things that really um kind of stand out for me is being able to record to write record and release exactly what i want to as an artist me choosing it not being defined by any other third party like a record label or anything like that that you know i have complete creative freedom even in my contract with gala complete creative freedom i can do write whatever songs i want to write right um and i love that i love that and i love being able to experiment and try stuff out and kind of see what what people want but also do what I, you know, say what I want to say as an artist, you know, that's so important. And I feel a lot of the time everyone's like, oh, you should write a song like this because this song did well. So you should do this. So when you release this, this will go well. And then it might get picked up by a Spotify editorial playlist or it might not, you know, and, and it's, there's no specific recipe to that. Like we said before with the song now, I feel like everybody's freaking out a bit because there's no recipe to that. Whereas on, you know, the blockchain slightly different there is a recipe to to how you can do things um i also really believe in the chain for for artists and creatives to get paid fairly for their art like yeah that's gonna change that is gonna change my life that's gonna change my life getting paid fairly for what i do you know it would change anybody's life i think um Especially well, if you've been yeah. Yeah, struggling for 10 years or 15 years, however long <laughs> for it's been. Sure. <laughs> and I think um, of it too, whenever you like think about your, your generational wealth and your, um, your next of kin or whatever, you can pass these things along and the royalties mm-hmm. are forever. So those, yeah. those spins, they, they are constantly, um, as they get traded, as they whatever, you know, you're collecting that royalty for the rest of time. And yeah. I think that that's yeah. a really important piece of just an asset class um that i don't think that many people think about 
whenever you're mm-hmm. putting stuff on the blockchain. Um, if you give access to, and this is like obviously down the road, you're only 30. So you're next of kin, hopefully a long time away. However, like that stuff matters. That stuff mm-hmm. really matters because what ends up happening, and this is just what I understand about the the music industry from my 30,000 feet view is like these contracts kind of get pretty shit after a while where you don't own your music any longer as soon as you record with a label. And like, I think that that's something that is, is really awful that you don't even own the music that you created and were kind of sometimes coerced into creating yet you created it and now you don't own it. So with the blockchain, you own it and you own it forever. And I think that that's just a really cool prospect um, for emerging artists that want to create their own communities. They want to create their own fan base. And maybe they are, um, you know, doing live events like you are. And it gives the the audience something to go get and have forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, exactly. I think as well, another huge advantage of the the chain, you know, is the communities within within web3 like being present in discords and building your fan base like through gala music i'm going to be exposed to over 18,000 people that have never maybe never heard my music before right that's mm. huge that's massive so that yeah there's no disadvantage to that at all because in web two, you can get to a certain level and you can get all the TikTok street, you know, you know, get all the views and things and you can go viral, but then it's sustaining that, you know, whereas I feel it's a lot more possible to sustain it in the web three space because you're in this community where you can talk to your fans. Like imagine if you could just like speak to Beyonce on discord, like that would be insane, you know, for example, um, and it's this whole new level of fan base, fandom, you know, because you're connecting with your fans on a daily basis, you know, on, on Discord and or you're just talking to people, getting to know people, sharing your music, sharing your daily, oh, what have you been up to today? You know, your achievements or or your, you know, struggles. And it's the sense of community within the Web3 is a complete next level, which is one of the things I really love. No, I, I think that you're on to something there. And, and uh, anybody who is an aspiring artist should really take notes right now. Um, go back, listen to everything that Emily just said, because this is how you create longevity um, in really any business at all, is you listen to your fans, you listen to your customers, you uh, change course as a result, make decisions, uh, and like just continue to be there and be present. And I think that that's something that you're really doing a great job at um, in particular in the web three space, but, um, outside of that, I think that you'll, you're going to make strides even, even more so, uh, especially now that you're contracted with, with Gala music, there's going to be some really cool opportunities. I'm sure of it. Um, but we're coming up on time right now. I'm just curious if there's anything else, um, like, what do you have, what do you have going on for the rest of the summer? Um, what, what's going on? What can we look for? Where can we follow you? Yeah, so you can follow me um, at Emily Faye Music on all social media. Um, I'm also, Jay and I also have a Discord for our project called 100 Years of Women, and you should check out the project. Um, It's 100 songs, and each one is based on a year in the life of a woman. It's music and art combined, and the pieces he's done are absolutely beautiful, and seeing that 
product come together was really awesome the art and music and um yeah each one is a different story the same kind of lyrics the same melody sorry not the same lyrics different lyrics for every song and um each one tells a story about one year in the life of a woman from age one to 100 so that's something for sure that you might want to go check out and um I would just say yeah this summer is just crazy busy with a lot of I'm actually playing a lot of weddings and a lot of um, kind of function gigs whilst writing an album, whilst getting my drops ready for gala. So keep an eye. If you're not in the gala discord, make sure you go and check that out because um, there's going to be some serious stuff happening there. And also be sure to check out the other artists that played at Beacon as well. Um, just Shockey and the Raging Casuals, because I know I know Shockey's dropping some stuff and he just did the recording session with Jordan Sparks. So that's going to be really, really cool. So um, yeah, that's what I'd say. Perfect way Thank to end it. Me. Oh, totally. You're <laughs> always welcome back. I appreciate you Thank taking you. the time out of your super busy schedule, obviously. Good Lord. <laughs> what a what a jam-packed situation so thank you for taking the time to uh to talk with us and drop all this golden knowledge for all the listeners here i mean what a roadmap to to really just stick it out and just keep pounding the pavement to make it happen um and as we always talk about here with growth mindset you know you're going to have obstacles you're going to have these self-sabotages you're going to have these situations where you're like oh, i can't promote another thing of myself like how do i keep talking about myself find somebody to to help you talk about yourself and really put yourself out there. So Emily, again, thank you so, so much. I think thank that we're, we're taking more away um, than we've probably given you, but that's all good. <laughs> we'll <laughs> we'll return so the much. favor. Of course. Thank you for staying here until the very end. If you would do us a favor and leave a comment or a review wherever you downloaded or streamed this podcast from, that goes a long way to help us spread the word about growth mindset. If you're a Web3 native or looking to get started, you can catch us over at Twitter on Tuesday nights where we host the Twitter Spaces at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard. There are unique surprises for those of you who attend those shows in addition to our podcast here. It's a Rug Radio production. Until next time, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey.